0: to up nerd this is another instance of the weekly variety show this is the only show that repeatedly gets put off or has pauses because of cats using a litter box i am not alone i am joined by my co-host this week abby
1: why that can't be the best take this cannot be the best take that we have of our intro that can't be it i refuse hi i'm abby
0: What are we talking about this week?
1: Well, this week for our variety show, I thought it would be fun to put you in the hot seat, mister. I'm going to ask you a series of questions.
0: Oh, producer Basil Bear is in my ear. He does not like this
1: idea. Producer Basil Bear is in my ear and he's saying, yes, yes, keep going, keep going. The Nielsen ratings are up, 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 baby. It
0: makes sense. So in theory, it is not just friends and family listening to the show. I hope. If you are not friends and family, email the show at upnerdpodcasts at gmail.com. This is not but in any fine. case, at some point, we should get around to talking a little bit about ourselves and our interests, although you can get some of an idea since the network is essentially mine and I keep picking whatever it is I want to talk about on Thursdays, but I have a very as an adult male, I have a very diverse and interesting set of interests that I think everyone wants to hear about.
1: Uh-huh. So today it's going to be about Star Trek, because mm-hmm. I know that you can you can speak unprompted about it for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. So Uh-oh. Mr. Mr. the Uneven Flow.
0: If that is your real name.
1: Is there a Mrs. the Uneven Flow? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Not after this show.
1: What's your favorite Star Trek episode?
0: It's the tallest man you se- Sorry. You're, you in, the really You're in the way. hot seat. You're in the hot
1: seat now, baby. They're going to come rapid fire at ya.
0: I don't think I have one. If I had to name one, maybe from each series. Uh, let's see. Original series, probably Devil in the Dark, because that encompasses everything I think Star Trek is about, which is embracing the unknown and... That our differences are what makes us stronger versus pulling us apart.
1: I'm going to limit T- you to all answers. To, to, to eight
0: Star Trek shows.
1: To, I'm going to limit you because you're right. There are like 18 million Star Trek episodes. I mean, you could just name all of Voyager. It's the best <laughs> Star Trek. Yes, I am going to limit you. Here are the rules. You must answer truthfully. I will know. That's rule number one. Rule number two is I am going to limit you to just the original series, TOS, Kirk and Crew, and the next generation, Picard and Friends.
0: So we're doing 80s and early to, sorry, 60s and, hey, what about the movies?
1: No, no movies. No, no movies, no movies, no movies. All right. You get every other podcast to talk about Star Trek, the motion picture.
0: I do not like Star Trek, the motion. The only reason was that it came out the same year. It,
1: <laughs> it made sense. I tried, listeners. <laughs> um, all right, so favorite episode.
0: All right, so I already named TOS. Next Generation is a lot tougher. It's a series with a much better than one episode is good to the next 13 or so or bad of tos uh, let's see that's not fair
1: it's not about fair
0: i don't make you name your favorite not, episode it's of not the about fair,
1: correct because you're in the hot seat yeah you're in the hot seat now baby. probably
0: stick with the cliche i think best of both worlds part one is probably my favorite episode of the show
1: what's the all right so my criteria for the show is no singing solid theme song you mentioned how in the original series that episode sort of
0: devil in the Tark, which mm-hmm. had the horda which you
1: was mentioned just that a person that, under a carpet you but... mentioned that that really distilled the essence of star trek for you star trek. yes what is the essence of star trek for you
0: World of mutual cooperation, where we're more than interested just in our own sort of Mm. pursuits, people being able to come together, the more of a commonality, but still being able to embrace what's
1: different.
0: Mm. Just sort of being better, striving for something better.
1: In terms of we as a species or a culture or we
0: we as a species or we as people.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, we've I've mentioned it a few times. Like for example, one of my favorite Star Trek scenes in a a very long time. Or Uh. one of my favorite Star Trek scenes, period, is from Lower Decks where Mm. chief security officer talks about how sometimes, men, you know, security is involved in mental health of the crew. Sometimes it's not about phasering the bad guys. There's stuff like that. It's about actually caring for one another. Strength is more than pew-pew lasers.
1: I don't think that's exactly that how they put it, but you have quoted it to me yes. in the last 48 hours. So I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So Star Trek is about hope, really? I
0: think so. Overall, just a hope for a better future, hope that we can kind of improve and be better than we were yesterday.
1: Star Trek has been around for the better part of 60 years. Do you think that that sort of hopeful feeling could be partly why it's still resonates this this thing that was created in the 1960s it's not a lot of things that are still around from that time essentially uh like certainly star trek has changed and certainly the world has changed but that essence of being star trek
0: i think a lot of it is just the setting and the universe they built is appealing and Mm -hmm. its ability to change so you have me doing or had me doing original series to star Trek, the next generation mm-hmm. in mm. the original series, you know, the Klingons are the evil, they're they are in essence, the sixties version of the Russians. Mm. And as the series moves forwards, they become allies. Eventually we're able to understand them a little better, that sort of thing. And. That hasn't necessarily come true in real life, but I think its ability to adapt with the times as well, too, like you and I have talked about this a few times. I am not a huge fan of discovery. If you enjoy it, that's perfectly fine. I haven't necessarily, but again, Star Trek's adaptability has helped it and people It's allowed people to get into it at different points. I remember, and I talk about this pretty frequently, remember being subscribed to Star Trek the magazine when the 2009 movie came out. Hmm. And that movie for a lot of people, because it was a big blockbuster film that earned a crap ton of money, that was Star Trek to people. And I can't count how many times, it was every single month there was somebody with a letter in the magazine that said, Hey, this was the first Star Trek I want. Where should I start? Or is there a list somewhere of episodes I should start if I want to kind of nitpick or get through, or, Hey, there's a lot of this Star Trek thing, which, you know, should I go chronological? blah, 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 like all these different questions. And again, yeah, I think it's the adaptability and how appealing the universe itself is that's helped it a lot. I do think there's room for a message of hope. Like, I I don't think it's a coincidence that Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks are probably, not really probably, I think most people would acknowledge they're the most popular of the new Star Treks. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they are probably the most optimistic. I mean, say what you want about the lower deckers, but they absolutely adore Star- Starfleet or the Federation and its ideals when it comes right down to it. And New Worlds was sort of a return to the hopefulness of Trek.
1: Gene Roddenberry, I think it was, uh, in some interview or some somewhere along the line, I learned that Gene Roddenberry, when he was creating Star Trek, the original series in the 60s, uh, was really trying to do a form of, of theater on the stage in the, in the form of like morality plays or, or like little theater plays that are intended to teach the audience some sort of lesson or parable or whatever. Discovery kind of veered away from that. They did some of other shows, though. I don't think I think you can
0: veer away from it and still kind of have that. I think Discovery was more affected by a very short episode order and a desire to do focus on sort of universe ending threats from season to season, which doesn't leave a lot of room for anything else. I would look at something like Deep Space Nine, which got an awful lot darker and started the Star Trek Serialized storytelling, but they did it in a way that was questioning how far you would have to go to protect Utopia. Hmm. It's the ideals of Star Trek and the Federation are fantastic, but what do you have to do to get there and to keep it sometimes was the question it asked. And because of that, it was able to get a lot darker, but it was still very much a morality play. Yeah, Star Trek The Next Generation was almost a weekly sort of morality play. Mm -hmm. And the original series was often too. Whether or not they don't always succeed at it, they don't always have anything to say. And sometimes that's fine and it works out other times you get the drug planet.
1: Yeah, we're always we're always kind of looking back too when we we get into these, you know, morality plays. It's it's the morality of the time. Right? So there's that great I think even people who don't necessarily watch a lot of Star Trek will probably know of the episode in the original series where it's it's a parable for racism as so many things are or were in the 60s and even now um where there's uh, an alien race Same species, except, you know, one guy's black on the right side and white on the left, and the other guy's black on the left side and white on the right. So
0: One of them was played by Frank Gorshin, who was the Riddler in Batman. You're
1: right. You're right. You're right. In the 60s Batman, you're right. I can see him in my head.
0: In any case, yeah, uh, the original Star Trek, not real subtle.
1: Could you be subtle at that time? Television no, back no, then was not me. subtle. And, and unfortunately
0: I feel like now you can't be any more either because there's, there's so poor media literacy. I mentioned it on the Punisher episode. Well, the Punisher himself it is, is an example of complete media literacy from the groups that have co-opted the... Mm. Insignia, but also I mentioned Paul Ryan's favorite band is Rage Against the Machine.
1: Yeah, he's a real idiot. Um, no, no no further questions, Your Honor.
0: No, but I think that you know, even TNG episodes that people adore and hold up. It's these great morality plays, like Measure of a Man, have such clunky dialogue at points. Guidan, you're talking about slavery. Yeah, thanks, Captain. Uh, could you spell it out a little slower for the people in the back? Sometimes the analogies are, are pretty bad. Sometimes they haven't been handled well. And that's fine. I mean, science fiction, it's supposed to be, the whole concept of science fiction was to kind of mirror our times and find a way to tell these morality plays, especially at a time like the 60s when you couldn't.
1: Yeah, you, yeah. That's that's the other thing, too, is that how do you talk about these things in a way that it is it is safe to talk about these very serious things. Right. Um, One, to be able to kind of, you know, get around some stuff with possibly censors or, um, you know, producers who don't want to sort of toe the line into into things Um, like that TNG episode where. Riker falls in love with
0: you're already had yeah i already knew which one you're going for and that's
1: why you're on the show and that's why you're in the hot sheet where Riker falls in love with uh somebody who in their culture they do not have a gender yes soren Soren. soren um you you couldn't at the time possibly now but i was i'm gonna go ahead and say that in the 80s Reaganomics, Parents of America era, you probably couldn't have, like, a non-alien character be that. It had to be a character that was from a different place than a human being would be, literally.
0: We just talked about Alien, which had Lambert, who Mm. was born male. Mm. And... I wonder if that panel in aliens had been more readable to audiences sooner because you could see in theater or the higher sort of definitions, but obviously in 1980s VHS, you're not going to be reading the personnel files that appear on screen, even if they were intended to be read.
1: Mm.
0: So yeah, there's some of that, I think. Some are willing to sort of push it further than others. It's funny looking back at the original series in terms of what they would push for and what they wouldn't. There's the line from Captain Kirk that women can't be starship captains, yeah. for example. Yeah. Which
1: Janeway <laughs> has something to say about that.
0: The, yeah, it's amusing to me. And over the years, too. I mean, the, I, by the way, I am in the credits for Star Trek Deep Space Nine, uh, what we, Left behind
1: the kickstarted documentary. Documentary. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. Yes. That we watched. But in any case, the people who worked on that mentioned that they don't give themselves a passing grade in terms of they really feel like they didn't do nearly enough to advance a lot of the sort of the social topics that previous Star Trek's liked to touch on or move towards.
1: Well, but who does? Because you got to remember, right, in the 60s, there's still lead in the gasoline, right? There's there's television is a whole new medium. Movies have been around for 40 years or so. TV still new.
0: Yeah, but Deep Space Nine had more of a carte blanche to do things than even some of the other Star Trek shows did. They were kind of left alone for the most part which was really good for them and probably one of the reasons it turned out as good as it did. But they were kind of devoid of those, you know, network notes. Of, oh, you can't do this. Or, oh, you're going to have hmm. to change this. or They got kind of lucky with the timing and everything else, not to mention being one of the last treks to not be beholden to a network.
1: Interesting. There have been periods certainly where there's just been no star trek on the air you know reruns are ever present but where no new star trek is being made and just
0: aka the worst years of my life
1: and in in speaking about it with you now it makes me kind of wonder is there always going to be a star trek not necessarily to to sort of perpetuate the very valuable intellectual property but if there's going to be something like a science fiction sort of morality teacher if you will or 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 you know what i mean like if we didn't have star, star trek, trek right no, now would there be saying. a push to to bring it back
0: i know what you're saying i think there are Star Trek itself is probably always going to be around because I think the universe is very sort of permeable and there's a whole lot of undiscovered space out there Mm. to go through and have new adventures, that kind of thing. There's going to be lulls because the franchise kind of sank itself, backed itself into a corner with too much overexposure for a period of time. They're in danger of doing that now as well, because there's just too many shows running at the same time, but which I think like is a mistake. But to be fair, the seasons are a lot shorter than they used to be. They used to be trying to crank out 26 episodes a year, yeah. which is insane. I mean, TV
1: used to just have 26, almost 30 episodes of a season. And now it's like 10. We do it like they do in Britain.
0: We talked about this on top three, bottom three, and with Mike, Batman Beyond, season two was fifty-two episodes. Yeah, there's a reason why most of them were not great. You can't do that.
1: There's a season of Bar Rescue, which is a reality TV show that in which most episodes are indistinguishable functionally from one another. That's like eighty-two episodes. You can do that when you're you're you know when it's relatively cheap to make an episode. I guess the other question is. It's getting way more expensive to make Star Trek. It's getting way more expensive to make anything. Really, really
0: anything. Yeah, there's... We talked we touched on this during the video game discussion that at some point, there's a line where media just sort of crushes itself within it. Star Trek's in danger of that too, because a lot of these shows are expensive. There's a reason why Prodigy... I mean, Prodigy, not the best example, because of course it got cancelled and picked up, but my hope is it's able to stick around longer because prodigy and lower decks are the inexpensive tracks
1: but those are both they the pro- animated ones eh?
0: yes yeah they probably have a longer lifespan than the others Discovery's mm-hmm. ending after five years i can't imagine strange new worlds is going to last a really long time i know it's popular but it's expensive i want to it's
1: funny i it's a variety episode, and, and you're in the hot seat, and, and I am in control, so we're going to pivot. Mystery Science Theater. Mystery Science Theater, when it started in the 80s, was... Oh, you're going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it was I just, was on, was so. just a, the little show that could. It was just a guy and two robots in front of a green screen riffing at the camera, and it was cheap. And even when they had a little bit of money, it still, it still looked it still looked homemade. And those are the best episodes of Mystery Science Theater. Cut two: Recently, I think it was 2023, Mystery Science Theater was uh, trying to kickstart or crowdfund for, I want to say it's season 13 or 14, the newest season what were they looking for? I thought it was $14 million, but it might have just been $4 million to do a 10-episode season. And they didn't make it, which is unfortunate. But also, we've had this discussion before of, I don't necessarily want a a $4 million 10-episode series of Mystery Science Theater. I kind of want the charm of trying to do it on a shoestring budget and seeing what you come up with.
0: Yeah, there's a long form discussion to be had on that too. And we've touched on a bit of it in terms of when we were talking about Alien, they had to do, they had to use models and stuff like that and, and do it in a suit because at the time it was prohibitively expensive to do CGI. Yeah, it's 1979. I mean Yeah, unfortunately things have changed and now it's the opposite. But I feel like they were better for so Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Getting back to that, the Mm -hmm. original series, Devil in the Dark. The horda was dude under carpet. Yep. They managed to do so much with so very little. Or you watch a lot of the old Doctor Who. And yes, I mean a lot of it looks hokey. But there was something to be said for being able to use your
1: imagination with mm-hmm. things. And there's there's a charm to it that I feel like modern Star Trek, as it gets... Like, you look at the the um, the bridge, if you will, and it's always kind of bugged me, but you look at the bridge from something like Star Trek Next Generation, and it it's, it's a physical set, you know, and it looks like pretty utilitarian. It looks cheap compared to say strange new world certainly discovery where everything has a lens flare and everything is lit as if it were a movie but like we don't we don't we don't need that necessarily
0: we well part of that is being in the the HD
1: tv yeah well that's the other thing
0: too we're about to get to x-files on monday on top three bottom three Mm -hmm. but we're about to do x-files on monday looking back at how The sets and everything else was constructed. It just, you couldn't see anything, or at least the belief was, oh, they're never going to see this. So there's no reason for it to be expensive or for it to look great or anything like that. You're right. You sort of lose something at the same time with it. But, you know, the technology's sort of improved. And so the feeling or the belief is that, no, everything's got to look got to look great it has to
1: look sleek and futuristic but that used to mean that it it looked different that it had a different design ethos you know they wear uniforms that are are weird colors and they're cut in weird ways and and things like that and the you know the bridge is just a console and the thing it didn't mean that we had to have like unreal five engine real-time
0: graphics processing never said all that though i will disagree with you on strange new worlds i think they straddle the line between the sort of apple store-ish bridge in the j.j abrams movies to the original series everything's a beep beep console with switches and everything i feel like they they straddle that line really well
1: yeah i think that was also in in response to some of the stuff that discovery was doing Oh, 100 percent was yeah
0: that was deliberate there is a difference between as well between how you see the enterprise bridge in discovery compared to when it appears in strange new worlds Hmm. so
1: so that's interesting it's gonna it's it's so strange to me to to look back at this, you know, the little show that could. What did the the original series had, three seasons?
0: Three seasons, yeah. yeah. And three seasons. Technically, I mean, it was canceled after two. Yeah. It was only sort of brought back for the third because, well, A, because of a letter writing campaign, but B, changes had to be made. They had to agree to certain things and certain people, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah.
1: There's kind of nothing else like it. There's, there's very few things from the 60s that exist in distillate form in the same way that Star Trek does.
0: Yeah. And not to mention that, but there's so much stuff from the 60s that is essentially lost media, or it's never going to be, I don't want to say retouched, but it's never going to be preserved in a way to, at least not until we get to AI doing re-rendering of shows, but it's not going to be touched up. so. I mentioned the original series has been redone and remade a number of times for newer television, that kind of thing. And I'm not just saying the effects, they could have left that. So, I mean, your mileage may vary. I'm fine with them making slightly updated effects, but some people really hate it. I think it eh, doesn't really bother me one way or another. It's still going to look dated after a certain amount of time, so.
1: I think, I think that's also very human, too, because, you know, you, you look at these sort of shot-by-shot shot comparisons, and the ones that they, the effect shots that they update for the modern eye, for the modern mind, for the modern viewer, is how I remember those shots looking in my memories. That's not what they look like. <laughs> no. <laughs> I remember the, you know, also I remember sh- the crystalline entity or whatever looking the way it looks as presented after they enhance the effects, because it's been 30 years. I do not remember it looking like the 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 cropped down, decompressed, recompressed, twice over JPEG that yeah. it probably is, because, you know, we were broadcasting on a little CRT screen. It's
0: tough, too, because the stuff doesn't get changed, so the Star Trek blu-rays for the original series one of the extras on the episode the trouble with tribbles is the deep space nine episode which essentially is a sequel to it which is trials and tribulations and that was the 50th anniversary of original series episode they did well it is not remastered at all it is still in the original formatting that it would have been most recently released on which would have been dvd i believe at the yeah. time it does not look good on an hd television
1: yeah more people who are more technical than i am and perhaps will will send us an email at upnerd podcasts with an s at what uh, gmail.com it's not the time No. it's not the time i'm you're in the hot seat i'm i'm excuse me sir sir excuse me please sir excuse me excuse me sir um they could send us an email at upnerdpodcasts, plural, at gmail.com. But um, I think that's also a limitation of the technology. And we wanted the newest because it's getting more expensive to make, right? It's getting more expensive to shoot on film versus on digital. So we have anything that was shot on film, we can blow up to like Ten thousand times, it's the resolution is the resolution of the silver particles in the actual 16 film. Sixteen times the
0: resolution of the original. Sir,
1: sir, Vivian. sir, Sorry. sir, sir, sir. Hot seat, hot seat. Um, versus digital, which is by the time Deep Space Nine and Voyager are coming along, it's significantly cheaper. Looks just fine for uh, you know the technology that we have at the time, but not super future proof. Um, very interesting. I have two more questions. They are related. And then, uh, I think we'll, I think we'll get you out of the hot seat.
0: Number one. Get you out of those hot
1: pants. (laughs) Does this dress make me look fat? Um, two related questions. Hot seat. Not out of the hot seat yet. Question the first is, what is your first memory of Star Trek?
0: Ooh, that one's actually pretty easy. So. Oh, wait, I'm not allowed to mention the movie. No, just kidding. So my first memory, I had seen episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation as it aired, as in initially in 87 or so. And so I would have been, yeah, seven years old at that point, six or seven. I remember watching it when it aired. It didn't click with me too much until I do remember Extremely vividly going to a theater in 1991 and seeing Star Trek VI, the undiscovered country Hmm. in theater. And it stuck with me. And that was the first time, I think maybe at the time I had a thing for detective stories and it was kind of a whodunit in space. Hmm. I also think in a lot of ways I was. I I was just enthralled with it. I think, too, it sort of proved a lot of Star Trek's versatility. I mentioned before, or what you mentioned, too, that frequently it can be a morality play. It can kind of be anything. They can do mysteries. They can do... One of the things I've loved about Strange New Worlds is whether you enjoy them or not, they've taken some swings and missed. But one of the things I like about Strange New World and Lower Decks, actually, is they're willing to take chances and try different things. They yeah. What a if, musical.
1: What if there was an episode that just made everybody sing? What if there was an episode yeah. that just made everybody think they were in, in olden fantasy times?
0: Yeah. Like, that stuff to me is fun. The yeah. fact that you can play with the genre and bounce around, I think, is another sign of its versatility. And it's interesting that they've created characters, sorry, it's good that they've created characters that are interesting and you want to see how they are in these different situations or what happens to them in these different situations. And it's been really well done. I mean, how would Star Trek work if it was a lovingly made comedy? And that's Lower Decks and it works really well, turns out. Yeah, hey, there's that. So yeah, my the most vivid sort of memory for me, though, is Star Trek six, the undiscovered country. I still remember how I was feeling in theater, that sort of thing. So it always has a special spot in my heart. It's also, I mean, it is one of the better movies, but it's what i me do Star Trek. I remember I almost immediately started kind of recording the original series and TNG, whatever I could with the VCR. Hmm. VCR, by the way, was a technology from the 80s where you could record things that were on television listen, and watch them later. But listen
1: sure. here. Listen here, Sonny. I thought to myself as you were going on and on about your uh, allotted and on, and on, one, on. one issuance of talking about Star Trek the motion picture per episode. I was thinking to myself, hmm, should I explain what a magazine was? For our our younger listeners, who, as we all know, because, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir, sir, hot seat, excuse me. As we all know, this is the greatest podcast of all time, and this will be in the archives, and it will be a reference point for humanity as we are in this time period to future generations. So should I, as a service to those future generations, simply explain what a magazine was? I will probably actually, now that I think about it and sort of tug at that thread have to explain what a podcast was and why I'm looking at a, 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 little, a little picture of myself just bounce up and down on the screen as I talk because we have to make content and we have to make sure that content gets out. Hey, second question. So that was your sort of inciting incident, your first hook into Star Trek. What do you think an 11-year-old today What do you think that hook is going to be for them?
0: That's tough. We talk about this all the time that Star Trek is stuck on a, frankly, crappy streaming service.
1: Paramount Plus up here in the, in the, in the, in the the Canadians.
0: Yeah, it's and the U.S. I don't know about the rest of the world, but yeah, it's stuck behind a paywall to a not good service in North America, frankly. Certainly Paramount Plus. Uh, we're not going to get the sponsorship there, but I mean, nobody goes. Man, I really got to get Paramount Plus. I mean, what do you what? Do you, what else is there other than Star Trek? You can watch the new Frasier, which is atrocious. But oh,
1: to be fair, we haven't seen a new episode of Frasier. We just Paramount Plus has a lot of shows that are 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 helmed by people we would normally try to avoid in our real lives. Let me let me put it that way. Um, I
0: would argue it's more the fact that, listen, you're supposed to make a trailer. Look at our brilliant Midnight Suns trailer. And it was excellent. Mm-hmm. Some of the best moments of that episode, go listen to it now here on the UpMeric Podcast Network. But the trailers are supposed to be your vast jokes. And oh boy, if that's the best, they could trot out for that show. Anyway, nobody's clamoring to subscribe to Paramount Plus. So, yeah, how do you find it? I mean, I guess there are, actually, that's not a bad one. Sorry, there's services like Pluto, where you could be flipped. So, Pluto TV, it's a free television Mm. network. It is also owned by Paramount.
1: For future generations, a television was.
0: yeah, Yeah, anyway. So, it's owned by Paramount, but one of the channels on it is a Star Trek channel. So, I guess there's the possibility they're flipping channels on that, and it They kind of tune in and it hooks them. But yeah, I don't know. It's not great to sort of stick them behind this paywall. I'm hoping that something like Prodigy has a better chance.
1: To be fair. On
0: Netflix, because it's a very good show aimed at both children and adults. But Netflix is a larger, frankly, streaming service with more offer on more to offer than just what's on paramount plus
1: to be fair your inciting sort of hook incident was also stuck behind a paywall
0: it was but star trek's not but we also used to a go to movies
1: yeah we the, yeah. a movie for future generations uh, used to be you used to have oh, to go to a special place you used to have to go to a special place that. to watch a movie um yeah, and who knows, you know, maybe it's, it's one of those things where the parents need, want something safe for kids to watch. Toss on Star Trek, or maybe they're flipping through the free channels on Pluto TV and they come across this. I mean, it's all, the things that are on there are good episodes, but they are older it's the episodes. It's
0: very random.
1: Well, yes, but it's also just the original series from the 60s and it's also just... The next generation. For now,
0: they do. If they they did announce the addition of Deep Space Nine and Voyager,
1: right? But But again,
0: you could be. Does that excite
1: somebody in the modern age?
0: It might. I think there are hooks. There's the possibility of hooks there. You know, you you are flipping through, you see something that could be of interest, or you go like, "Oh, I've heard of this," or something like that. I think it's a. It's better than hoping that somebody by accident clicks on. You're, somebody goes, man, I've just tried the Paramel Plus for two years. I've mm. watched one show on it. I'm just going to randomly click on the first thing that pops up.
1: Yeah. It's uh what a weird, what a weird time we're in. What a strange, strange
0: new world this is.
1: And I think that's going to do it for all of us here in Radioland. I have been Abby, uh, world's greatest podcaster world's greatest podcast host uh in the hot seat pew 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 today has been find
0: up podcast if you entry? would give
1: me just one moment please in the hot seat we had the uneven flow um and it's a variety thing i just I, I just you like talking about star trek and you have some pretty good takes and i think there are also some takes that people can sort of take away and and chew go, nom, 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 nom. just have a little a little chew in their mind, and, and think about. And if you have had a little um num, num, chew in your mind about anything that you've heard on this episode, or any of the other uh, uh, future award-winning, future archival uh, relics of human culture and history episodes of the Up Nerd podcast, you can contact us on social media, the Twitter or the Facebook. Uh, you can reach us, Up Nerd Podcasts, Um, you can email us, we are at upnerdpodcasts, with an S, plural, because the other one was taken, at gmail.com. Which is
0: weird, because we're the only upnerd podcast.
1: That we know of. That we know of. Listen, it's, if Star Trek has taught me anything, it's that, uh, time is all wibbly-wobbly, I guess technically Doctor Who would have taught me that but uh time is uh weird it's just super weird there's so many dimensions there's a dimension where Tasha Yar still alive there's a dimension where I'm not the greatest podcaster in the world there's a dimension where you don't make a little quip in response to that very good that was this dimension it's been very blast
0: good making you host and having you in Really, what is actually the hot seat? I am so going to keep all of your little pauses and everything else. Uh,
1: If I could please just, uh, sir, you're in the hot seat right now. Um, But we will take you out of the hot seat. And we're going to say goodnight. Goodbye, everybody in Radioland. And we will see you on Monday with Top 3, Bottom 3, The X-Files. My one show. It was my one show. And and the uneven flow just decided, hey, why don't we just do a top three, bottom three? And this is where the music fades out. And this is where the music fades out. One show, you don't know nope. why. It'll nope, seem- nope. So cut the music, cut the music R2. back, cut the music back. <sighs>
0: cut back.